Hey, Dice Goblins! What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm i a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, <laughs> sounds good. This episode contained details of a real death. Common theories range from a mental health disorder, suicide, and murder, and possibly sexual assault. We will go over the autopsy report, and we will attempt to not go into any unnecessary details to prevent causing distress to any listener with sensitivity to these issues. Although none of these situations are humorous, we will be making jokes throughout to lighten the mood. Our condolences go out to the Lamb family. Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tangier Avenue. Hey, I'm Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> that after the content warnings fucked up. <laughs> and I'm Tasman. <laughs> this is Tangent Avenue. Uh, in this show, we bring a new topic once every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it, and you lovely little idiots get to listen to it. It's gonna be fucking wild. <laughs> I'm a fan. What are we talking about today, you ugly fuck? Uh, today we are going to talk about Eliza Lamb and her tragic passing and the conspiracies that surround it, and it's 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 gonna be fun. We're gonna take a left on Conspiracy Drive and just go straight into it. This shit's gonna suck. No one's gonna blame me if you skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he hates conspiracy theories. It's fine. The date is February 19th, 2013. It's uh, actually September 12th, 2020. <laughs> the world's on fire. How are you forgetting this? <laughs> My world's on fire. Shut up. How about yours? <laughs> uh, the date is February 19th, 2013. You're a maintenance worker and you've been contacted by your manager to check on the water tank. There's been complaints over the last day or two that the water tasted funny or had a strange scent. Some even said the water was black, but that's an exaggeration, right? You crawl all the way to the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel, 19 floors in total. Of course it was actually gray. <laughs> Nobody's allowed up here, only you. Other maintenance workers and the hotel managers should even have access. There's no way for you to prepare for what is to come. Unsuspecting of anything, you make your way to open one of the four 1,000 gallon water tanks, grabbing a ladder to do so. Expecting maybe to find some mold at the most, you open up the 60 to 80 pound lid to discover something floating in the water. You gasp, take a second look, but there's no doubt about it. That's a nude, three-week-old corpse floating in the water. You stumble down the ladder, vomiting, shocked and confused. What did you just find? How could this happen? I bet there are some theories about it. A game theory. There are some theories. What? (laughs) MatPat is suing us. MatPat is suing us right now. Who's suing us? MatPat from Game Theory. I just got a cease and desist. I don't. This hasn't even come out yet. Uh, shit, dude. I don't know what that is. I already got a lot of concerns about this episode, specifically. Um, th- what were they drinking for so long? Uh, <laughs> lamb stew. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's all downhill from here. Uh... <laughs> Really, finding a corpse in the water supply wasn't, like, was the happy hype times? Everybody just enjoyed uh, Eliza Lamb for a few weeks. (laughs) Gotta spice up that water. Ah. Alright. So, uh, do you know anything about Eliza Lamb? Uh, I know her name is Eliza Lamb. Um, I know she was found naked and dead in a water supply to an apartment building. And uh, I know hotel. A, a hotel, of course. That's what I said. And I know a janitor found her that way. Yes. Um, well, maintenance workers, so 
a little bit more than a janitor. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A bougie janitor found her that way. My bad. (laughs) A bougie janitor. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's about what I know. Okay. We'll get into a little bit of backstory then before we lead up to uh, conspiracies. But first, I do want to state that there are some graphic details later in this podcast. I also don't typically believe in most conspiracy theories, but I find them entertaining to talk about, so I will be disproving some details if I can, uh, but still talking about the attached conspiracies around her death. To be fair, um, he does believe in the fucking Mandela effect, um, so you can call (laughs) him out on that, because I sure as shit do. Uh, I believe in the potential of... uh, the multiverse not necessarily that we're all like, colliding in and out of it oh but the berenstein bears aren't spelled exactly how i remember them spelling oh berenstein <laughs> awful okay so eliza lamb uh 21 at the time was the daughter of immigrants from hong kong and was a student of the university of british columbia in canada she was not registered for school at the beginning of 2013. I assume this was because of her West Coast tour trip that she had planned, which is where all this happens. So given that she's from Hong Kong, I already kind of know what one of the conspiracy theories are probably about. <laughs> but do go on. I'm very curious. Um, <laughs> I actually thought, because this was in 2013, but I thought it was going to be like Chinese agents struck her down or something like that, because anytime you get to the Hong Kong versus uh, China thing. It gets real fucking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So she went on a trip to California on January 26th. She arrived in Los Angeles. She had already visited San Diego before this, and she traveled alone, mostly by bus or train. Uh, so this this 21-year-old girl traveling alone, uh, not dangerous at all, unfortunately. Unfortunately? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, like, it, it is dangerous. <laughs> It's very dangerous to be traveling alone if you're a 21-year-old. I mean, yeah, true. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she had lost her phone very early on. It's believed in San Diego, but managed to keep in touch with her parents, checking in every single day. She got prepaid phone after this. Well, it's believed that she got a prepaid phone after this. I couldn't find confirmation, but I found some sources that said that. But either way, she somehow contacted her parents every single day. Or that she borrowed people's phones, she used, like, hotel phones. Somehow she stayed in contact. She was fully off the grid, except when she needed to check in with her parents. Gotcha. <laughs> she also queued posts on Tumblr at the time, because 2013, everybody yeah, was on Tumblr. Of course, everyone <laughs> was queuing posts. Everybody. Everybody. So, after two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel. At first, Eliza was given a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about odd behavior, and she was moved to a room of her own on January 28th. We never got specifics about what the odd behavior was. So, Eliza had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She had been described four medications, Welbutrin, Lamictal, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Seroquel, and Effexor to treat her disorders. According to her family, who supposedly kept her history of mental illness a secret, Eliza had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts, although one report claimed that she had previously gone missing for a brief period of time. So, you know, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that tends to be the way it goes. Thoughts, comments, concerns so far? (laughs) I mean, I definitely think that she had suicidal tendencies before this, Uh, because... Why do you you say that? (laughs) Well, I mean... She was gone for several... How long did you say she was gone for a week? Uh, brief period of time is what they say. Oh, so upwards of a month. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, I mean, we both uh, struggle with mental health. And yeah. I don't think most people know about every thought that goes through our heads. Yeah, no. Some of them are pretty fucked up. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you have bipolar disorder uh, and depression and you're not having any suicidal ideations, props to you. You might want to get a second opinion. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) might want to get a second opinion, too, because you probably might not have it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you you either don't have it or uh, I don't don't know. Um, (laughs) Anyways. In, See a doctor either way. Yeah, yeah. In 2010, Eliza created a blog 
named Ether Fields on Blogspot. She posted there for two years, mostly pictures of models and fashionable clothes and tidbits about her life, particularly her struggle with mental illness. In January 2012, Eliza stated that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to drop several classes. She said this made her feel so utterly directionless and lost. She titled her post, <clears throat> Ooh. The smoke here is getting real fucking bad, man. <laughs> it's rough. It's yeah. it's wrecking. Go ahead and leave this in. We are in the we're in the westernmost part of Idaho during the uh, West Coast uh, fires right now, and it is really coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. Today we're on fire. Uh, it's the skies aren't orange yet. <laughs> it, yeah, it's uh, we're not. You know. I don't even honestly thank goodness global warming doesn't exist because that would make this so much worse. Yeah, yeah. No, all the CO two going into the air is it's fine. It's yeah. not affecting Sure, sure, sure. You can see the smoke plumes from space, but like Yeah. Um Yeah. So uh she said this made her feel so utterly directionless and lost. She titled her post You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life. A quote by novelist Chuck um Forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Palhinuic? She used that quote as a title for her blog. Eliza worried that her transcript would look suspicious with so many withdrawals and that it would result in her being unable to continue her studies and attend graduate school. A little over... What was she studying? Uh, you know, I actually don't know what she was studying. Can we guess? What's your guess? My guess is, uh, I mean, she's depressed, has bipolar disorder. Sounds like an English student to me. English or psychology, for sure. Psychology could be, yeah. If it's anything other than, fuck, she's just going to school for engineering. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I really, I really can't find out. Uh, I mean, I don't think those records are public uh, i mean i'm sure i could find second i'm gonna call the school real quick um you're gonna what <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call the school real quick it take too long <laughs> cambridge university yeah you know eliza lamb i think they would hang up on me if i called it cambridge university <laughs> and not cambridge <laughs> it's fine uh, um yeah it's not right because you don't know how to say words yeah 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 okay okay so, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say words when we're doing a podcast. This was a great idea. Um, yeah. Audio medium fully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a little over two years after Lamb had started blogging, she announced she would leave her Blogspot blog for another she had started on Tumblr. So it's called Novelle Navois, and I'm, I'm likely mispronouncing that. I mean, yeah, it's very French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, super, super French. Uh, her post stayed mostly the same, and the same Polynuic Chuck quote was uh, used as a title for a blog. Her Tumblr is still available and is linked in the description. I didn't do that. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I completely spaced it. Oh no, this is live. Fuck. Uh, Fuck. Uh, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, we got this. It's live, but we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> So some red flags there, right? Uh, she struggles from depression and bipolar disorder. So, yeah, thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense that she has a Tumblr. I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where you did it, man. Like, I was actually, when you initially said that she had a blog spot after saying she had a Tumblr, I was initially like, that's weird because... That's what Tumblr's for. <laughs> like, <laughs> why make a blog and then set up a Tumblr? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she moved to Tumblr. Like all depressed uh, yeah. kids did in 2013, including myself. <laughs> yeah. I was I did, I was a late bloomer. Didn't do it until 2015. <laughs> That's a little bit about me. I actually deleted my Tumblr. I, I don't use it anymore. You deleted your Tumblr 26 times, and I also... <laughs> Didn't use mine. Yeah. I don't think... I'm pretty sure I've only deleted... I mean, I've deleted the app a couple times, but, like, I full-on deleted my blog. Yeah. Good. Because, fuck. Yeah. I mean, we didn't want our listeners to cut themselves on that much edge. Oof. But, I mean, hey, Zat's still going strong. I deleted Zat, too. Did you? Oh. I did. That's a shame. Cut that out. (laughs) 
<laughs> or I'll kill you. Power through. Uh, so I, I did some research on bipolar disorder. Uh, the following is from National Institute of Mental Health, or NIH for short. What's accreditation? Um, what? <laughs> it's the National Institute of Mental Health. All right. Who gave him that title? Look, man. George Soros? <laughs> okay. Yeah, also known as manic depressive illness or manic depression, bipolar disorder causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, activity levels, concentration, and the ability to carry out day-to-day activity levels. According to the NIH, there are three types of bipolar disorder. Typically, all three of these have clear changes in moods from periods of extreme ups and downs and can change very quickly. Ups mean increased energy or happiness, but also can mean increased irritability irritability. Downs are of course the opposite, feeling sad, indifferent, or hopeless. Typically, downs are known as depressive episodes and ups are known as manic episodes. Less severe manic periods are known as hypomanic episodes. Uh, I'm absolutely not an expert in that. It's okay, I am. This all sounds right, so. Okay, alright. It tracks? Yeah, it tracks, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So, according to an article on everyday health, paranoia can be a symptom. Uh, a bipolar disorder. Um, however, I can't find anything on Eliza ever having a history of manic paranoid episodes, but she did post several times about feeling like she was in danger or that somebody was after her. Uh, she stated several times something along the lines of, I wish I could keep my mouth shut or my mouth is going to get me in trouble one day. So, you know... Um, That's pretty paranoid. Yeah, she did disappear for for a time. Uh, and I can't help but wonder if that was part of a manic episode. Because typically, like, parents usually don't want to admit that their child has issues. Yeah. Especially to the media. It's kind of like whenever they interview uh, the parents and neighbors of shooters, where they say, oh, he was just a nice, quiet man. And, like, you know, you walk into his bedroom and he's got, like, linked. Uh, Lincoln Park posters all over his wall and like <laughs> you're just describing my bedroom man I know <laughs> yeah um I'm actually yeah, describing so... Maddie's bedroom <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's his wife yeah so as I said earlier Eliza checked in with her parents every day on her trip on January 31st 2013 the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel and leave for Santa Cruz They did not hear from her and called the Los Angeles Police Department. Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. So, hotel staff who saw Lamb that day said she was alone. Outside the hotel, Katie Orphan, a manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. Katie was quoted saying to CNN that she was very outgoing, uh, lively, and friendly, and that she was getting gifts to take home to her family. She was talking about what book she was getting and whether or not what uh, what she was going to get was would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. So police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Eliza's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the canines were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. They couldn't search every room because, you know, probable cause. And on February 6th, the week after Lamb had last been seen, the LAPD decided more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. So they called in a maintenance worker. (laughs) Detective maintenance. (laughs) Detective Earl always has his weird smell and and scalpel for some reason. No one knows why he carries it around. That's Detective Earl. We can cut that bit. It was not good. No, Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Keep it in, obviously, but like... Definitely cut it from your thoughts. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Looking for the same way you'd look for a lost cat. Makes sense. Classic yeah. police work. Thank you, our boys in blue. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Back the blue, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Thin blue line, baby. <laughs> Fucking awful. Awful, awful, awful. 
yeah, so we're going to go over the elevator video, which I will link in the description. If you're at work or driving and can't watch the video right now, don't worry. Uh, I'll do the best I can to describe it. But if you're available to watch it, I highly recommend you to because it's really fucking weird. Bryson. Yeah. You've stated you're not going to watch the video and you're just going to let me describe it to you. Correct. I will watch it afterwards and um, laugh at you um, off okay. camera. All right. So, on February 15th, the LAPD released uh, elevator surveillance from February 1st that went viral pretty much immediately and garnered worldwide attention and immediately started conspiracy theories about what could have happened to her. On one website, a Chinese video sharing site, Yoku, where it got 3 million views and 40,000 comments in the first 10 days. So, it went viral. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything on Yoku, right? <laughs> Like, wow, we can't even get on Yoku. So I'm just going to read a description on Wikipedia uh, of the video because it describes it very well, and I don't think I could have done much better. Probably not knowing you. (laughs) In the clip, the camera is at one of the elevator cab's rear corners, uh, and it looks down from the ceiling, offering a view of not just its interior, but the hallway outside as well. It is somewhat grainy, and the timestamp at the bottom is obscured. At some points, Lamb's mouth is pixelated. At the start, Lamb enters, clad in a red zippered hoodie, sweatshirt, over a gray t-shirt, and black shorts and sandals. Uh, She enters from the left and goes to the control panel, appears to select several floors, and then steps back to the corner. After a few seconds, during which the video fails to close, she steps up to it, leans forward so her head is through the door, looks in both directions, and then quickly steps back in backing up to the wall and then into the corner near the control panel. The door remains open. She walks to it again and stands in the doorway, leaning on the side. Suddenly, she steps out into the hallway, then to her side, back in, looking to the side, then back out. She then steps away sideways, and for a few seconds, she is mostly invisible behind the wall. She has her back to... She then steps sideways again, and for a few seconds, she is mostly invisible behind the wall. She has her back to just outside. The door remains open. Her right arm can be seen going up to her head, and then she turns to re-enter the cab. Putting both hands on the side of the door, she then goes to the control panel, presses many more buttons, some more than once, and then returns to the wall. She then goes to the control panel, presses many more buttons, some more than once, and then returns to the wall she had come into from the elevator. Putting both hands over her ears again briefly as she walks back to the section of the wall she had been standing against before The door remains open. She turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together, then waves her hands out to the sides with palms flat and fingers outstretched while bowing forward slightly and rocking gently. This can all be seen through the door, which remains open. At one point, she steps out of frame and it looks like someone else's foot is in the frame, not bending the way hers should have. After she backs to the wall again, she walks away to the left. It finally closes. So the entire time that that the door stayed open, like it... Did not close. Uh, Didn't move up or down a floor, I imagine? No. It's an old elevator, though. So, you know, it, it could just be that. Or um, another theory is that she had a maintenance worker key and that the maintenance worker did it. Like, you know, the butler. Um, <laughs> My gosh. Detective make <laughs> Whoa. Detective <laughs> Earl? <laughs> Fuck. One moment. I'm going to get a clean shot of that line. Give me one moment. Hoopla, 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 hoopla. (sighs) Detective Earl? He's in on it? (laughs) Yes, Detective Earl's in on it. Um... Is that all in? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the video is fucking weird. And it gets a little bit weirder. There's some evidence to believe that the video was tampered with before being released, so there's the obscured timestamp, which is weird. Uh, some people think it's been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage has been removed. This could have been done to protect the identity of someone who may have came into the frame but didn't have anything to do with the case, or to conceal evidence of Eliza's disappearance and death. But you know what won't try to conceal evidence about someone's death? Um, the police. <laughs> uh... uh no. This ad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, man, are you interested in starting a podcast? Not really. We already have a podcast. What are you talking about? Oh, shoot. You're right. 
Thanks to Anchor. Like the boat thing? Close, but no. Anchor is a great podcasting tool to get anybody started on making a podcast. But we already have a podcast. Yeah, but other people don't. <laughs> what a bunch of cowards and fools. They should all go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Absolutely. Anchor is an easy-to-use free tool for all your podcasting needs, from recording to editing. It even has free background music you can use. Ah, huh, free background music. Yeah, free background music. And it distributes your podcast for you. You don't have to go through all the hassle of posting your podcast to iTunes, Spotify, or any of that. <laughs> God knows we wouldn't be able to figure that shit out. Yeah, man, I didn't even try. Lazy prick. Well, when you're a dad and working 40 or more hours a week... Oh, yawn, tell me more about Anchor. Well, I was saying Anchor is the way to go. You can record and edit straight in your browser on the app. Uh, but will they pay in doubloons? No, they'll pay you through sponsorships and cash money. Cash money, you say? <laughs> Where can I find the Shangri-La of talking into a microphone for too long? You can go to anchor.fm or download the app to get started for free today. Uh, but for real, man, that had nothing to do with the boat thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, how about that ad? Or those ads? Wow, I love money. <laughs> Oh boy, love me some doubloons. Uh, yeah, uh, capitalism. Uh, yeah, and now we get to her death. <laughs> um, as state. <laughs> Only fair that that should accompany capitalism. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, bitch in... died, go on. <laughs> As stated in the intro, Eliza was found on the roof in the water tank that provided water to guest rooms, the kitchen, and a coffee shop. So a lot of people were drinking lamb stew. Uh, or <laughs> showering in it. Or pooping in it. Of course. What else do you do with lamb stew, right? Um, dump it out, because uh, it's not very good. Or, or, when we learned about um, uh, everything that was going on in Flint, hold a match over it and show the government why it keeps lighting on fire. Um, I don't think that would happen with lamb stew, but, I mean, you know. You gotta cop. You can we, make sure that. You gotta that... stop calling it lamb now, stew. <laughs> but, you know, but here's the thing, though. This is your bit, and it's pretty shameful that you would, <laughs> that you would give it up so, so quickly and without, without anything, so. Anyway, let's just remind her that nobody in Flint has clean lamb stew. <laughs> I think is the point of this. <laughs> I can't remember what my point was, but I think I'm bordering <laughs> on it at least. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> I don't have clean lamb stew. <laughs> uh, Alright. <laughs> I'm good. That was that was good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lamb stew was good. I just really brought it home, so <laughs> don't worry, I'll edit it together perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> so there's the question of how she got in there. There's no fixed way to get up to the entrance of the tank. The tank is eight feet tall and four feet wide. However, it's How tall was she? Um, I'll get to that. Nine feet tall? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> three feet wide or <laughs> Giant, um, huge <laughs> lamb stew, more like a whole sheep. Am I right? Uh, I'm cutting that one. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> the tank is eight feet tall and four feet wide. However, it's propped up on a concrete landing, making it a total of ten feet tall. I can't find any information on if the ladder is stored on the roof, but I presume that it is. But whether or not it's easily accessible is still a question. However, I, I did research some numbers. Uh, these are all speculative and could easily be wrong because everybody's different. But anyways, the average height of a Chinese woman, since I can't find Eliza's height, which ranges uh, from 5'2 to 5'4, and the average height a woman can jump, according to Google, is 12 to 16 inches. Assuming her arm length is about 21 inches, if she was 5'3, she could take, taking the average numbers, jump from about 7 feet 10 inches somewhere on there. She could also have the Warlock Invocation uh, Otherworldly Leap, which will allow her to cast Jump on herself at will, which would double, double both her um, long jump and vertical jump. 
um, which could help her clear that. That's assuming our current world uh, works on 5th edition logic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, right? So yeah, it's fair to say that she couldn't just straight up jump and grab the top. I, I don't think she knew parkour, so... Yeah, uh, there is a YouTube video of a regular person coming up onto the roof and being able to jump from some sort of maintenance area into the onto the tanks. It looks like a good height difference, though, so I don't see Eliza doing that in a rational state of mind, but it's possible. Oh, yeah, and if that elevator video tells us anything, it's that she is in a rational state of mind, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So... How she got on the roof in the first place, although any official access is locked and only hotel staff has a way to get up there through those means, you can access it through the fire escape. So it's completely plausible she got up there in the water tank herself. In the video, the two tanks were open. Two of the tanks were open, but supposedly were only just drying out at the time and they were empty. The lid is supposedly between 60 to 80 pounds, going by the average weight for a 5'3 female, she would likely weigh between 104 pounds and 127 pounds. So although it may be heavy for her if it's on the 80 pound side, it's completely possible that as long as she had enough room off the top that she would be able to open it and squeeze through the 16 inch hole. Closing it as she was inside herself, that would be significantly harder by all resources that I can find. She would have to fight the water while trying to pull it down behind her. It's still possible, but it's a lot of work for such a weird way to kill yourself. It could also be, like, and I know we're not really into the theories yet, but, it, like, if she was having a paranoid episode, it might not have been a conscious decision to kill yourself rather than just it's the only place she could find to hide, potentially. I don't know much about paranoid episodes, but, it, I mean, that sounds like a shitty way to kill yourself, but, like, you know, no one's going to check a covered water thing. Yeah, so so that's actually very close to what the official uh, story is, so we will get into that as well. So yeah, less than 2% of suicides in the USA are attempted uh, by drowning yourself, according to a study written in Annals of Internal Medicine, but it's still possible. Her body was, of course, moderately decomposed and bloated by the time of recovery and the autopsy. Being in water affects decomposition in several ways, and some it helps preserve futures, and others it speeds it up. There appeared to be no evidence of physical or sexual assault, but I'll come back to that. Toxicology reports, although only partial because not enough of the blood was preserved, were still said to be reliable by the coroner. It found traces of her prescriptions as well as ibuprofen and sinutab, which was a decongestion. Her prescriptions were for her bipolar disorder, which according to the report were in her system. No other drugs or alcohol were found, and a link to her autopsy report is in the description. So, thoughts, comments, concerns so far? But yeah, it's very strange uh, that her prescription drugs would be in her system. That's so fucking weird. Oh. Why? Oh, no. I mean, it wouldn't be, because, you know, that was standard. I just don't know why it was brought up in the corner before it. Was, oh. was there anything in the in the report that was strange or reacting weird or additional to her prescription? Just the Sinutab and the um, ibuprofen. Gotcha. The reason that that's brought up is because she was on her meds at the time of that, like, what seemed to be an episode. So it would be a little weird for her to be having an episode. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, true. to be fair, I don't know a whole lot about bipolar disorder. I imagine you can still have episodes on your medication, but I would imagine that it would do a better job at preventing it than what happened in the elevator video yeah and like especially such a violent reaction to her to an episode would you would think would be not impossible but certainly very fucking unlikely on meds yeah so the first theory we'll talk about is suicide in the autopsy report they noted that they didn't believe this was suicide and was more along the lines of accidental drowning due to her bipolar disorder causing a manic attack which could easily explain her odd behavior in the elevator video, but as we just talked about the medications, it's kind of weird. These could also come out of nowhere, so her interactions with Miss Orphan would still make sense. But there's still inconsistencies. So I did as much digging as I could, and I couldn't find any history at all of Eliza having manic attacks. As I said, there was a brief period of time where she disappeared, but considering she was 21 at the time of her death, you know, she was younger at when she disappeared so i mean she could have been 18 19 20 
any of those wouldn't be weird. Even as a teenager, it wouldn't be super weird because a lot of kids go through a rebellious stage. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how true that would be for her, especially because she did make a, a point to check in every day, as far as we know. Like, there was always a contact with her parents. And like you said, she's 21. So if she didn't want to do that, she didn't need to. So it would make sense that during a manic episode, she would go out with, you know, leaving her phone or not touching it at all or anything like that, especially if paranoia was kicking in. One thing that is, and I'm sure you'll bring this up too, because it it jumped out at me, was uh, the fact that she scheduled posts on Tumblr was kind of strange to me because, and I might be uh, miscalculating a little bit, but like... 2013 if she had her phone and she she lost her phone after she left but if she had her phone on her she could have just posted from wherever she was there's a very small part of me the part that exists in everyone's brain right next to um, sound reason that does like conspiracy theories where it's like premeditated to some extent but also the activity in the elevator is very strange Granted, she also was acting strangely with her other roommates, so it could have just been a very fucking off um, week. A lot of different stuff going through my brain at the moment. Yeah, very possible. I know when I had a Tumblr, I did schedule posts occasionally. Just There was this uh, thing like post block back then specifically. So if you posted a lot throughout the day, you would get post blocked and then you can't post anymore that day. If you're reblogging stuff throughout your day, you would start scheduling posts for a later time. That way your posts would be staggered and you wouldn't end Mm -hmm. up post-blocked and you can still use the app. So that's possible. But yeah, I mean, possible. It was, she had stuff scheduled. I think she was posting until uh, two years later or something like that. What? Yeah, it was a long time at least. Yeah, she posted for a while. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And then again, you know, she lost her phone, too. So there's some theories that somebody stole it, killed her, and she actually was in trouble. And that's what her posts were about, saying, like, she was scared and stuff and feeling like people were watching her and that her mouth was going to get her in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Has anyone looked at the first letter of every single one of her posts for two years? You're more than welcome to. Yeah, give me a couple minutes. Right. It's in the description, right? I just have to click in the description to get the link, right? Yeah, uh, it looks like it spells N-E-V-R-G-O-N-N-A-G-I-V-E-Y-O-U-U-P. Never gonna give you up! Anyway, she's dead, right? Never gonna let you down! Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So, on top of that, the official cause of death is dry asphyxiation or dry drowning. Didn't seem so dry to me. (laughs) She was bloated. Doesn't happen a lot if you're dry, is what I'm saying. Uh, This literally makes up less than 2% of drownings. Typically, it only happens in children or women with high voices. I don't know what Eliza's voice sounded like, so... But what this means is that the water never technically enters the lungs, but instead breathing in the water irritates the vocal cords and causes them to spasm and close up. So it's very, very rare. That shit is terrifying. Yeah. Like, if I'm in a hot tub for too long, I might dry drown. But like, Jesus. (laughs) So here's what bothers me the most, though. They never tested Eliza. The young woman died? Well, yes. But as far as the police and coroner's actions, they never tested Eliza for any rape drugs. And they never performed a rape kit. Although the autopsy's report says that there's no signs of sexual assault. While I was writing this episode, I was trying to think of a good way to say this next part. But there isn't. Do you know what pink sock is? Um, uh, it sounds like something you put on your foot, um, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. How close am I on a scale of 1 to 10? 
the farthest away you could possibly be. So one, yeah, right? Less than one. Mm. So Man, it's a scale to one to ten, pal. Uh, so her ass was prolapsed. All right. Tell me more. So. This can happen due to decomposition. Especially with bloating, like... Yeah, but it's so incredibly rare that if, if this is the case, and as I said in the intro, she was found nude. Her clothes were in the tank with her, mm-hmm. supposedly having traces of a sand-like substance. So her ass was prolapsed and she was nude. On top of them not testing her for any rape drugs or performing a rape kit. And... For all of these rare occurrences to happen all at once, it'd just be crazy to me. The idea that she has her first paranoid manic episode, dry asphyxiates, and decomposes in such a way that her ass prolapses. It's fucking bonkers, man. All of those things have like a 2% chance of happening besides the manic episode. I mean, yeah, and we also don't know for sure that it was her first ever manic episode. Yeah. It's just the most... No one has ever claimed that she's had manic episodes before. I'm sure if you look through, like, Tumblr posts or her blog spot posts, you would probably find some evidence to the contrary. There's evidence of her depression getting to her and her having, like, depressive thoughts, but there's no evidence of uh, a manic episode even on her Tumblr. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. There's also the fact that, uh, out of curiosity, were her um, clothes found nearby at all, or... They were in the tank with her. They were in the tank with her. And this was in California in February. It's possible that she was getting hypothermia, which will uh, often result in you taking her clothes off, because it gets so bad that you feel so hot. Yeah, but she, she put the clothes in the tank with her? Or she took him off in the tank? No, when she's in the tank. Do we know how long she was in the tank for, approximately? Before she died? Yeah. No. Uh, There's no way for them to tell that, unfortunately. So if it was for, like, a night, for instance, February, even in Los Angeles, February, it's, you know, fairly cold month. Yeah. Sitting in water in a presumably metal tank. Yeah probably extremely cold conditions that she's just sitting in for at least a night we don't know how long for sure i could definitely see that resulting in a hypothermia mixed with you know if she was having a manic episode or something along those lines but that's just a theory a game theory so uh, I, I looked up the average temperature in february in los angeles uh in the lowest average is 51 degrees mm-hmm so celsius because that's pretty hot fahrenheit yeah cool are we looking at night temperatures yeah that's the lowest it'll get like on average gotcha and then six a high of 69 nice nice Nice. (laughs) yes anyway about this young woman's death So, although these things are weird, there's also evidence of the contrary. No signs of a struggle or any type of physical altercation. Plus, how would someone carry a body up the fire escape? I mean, the second part could be explained if it was a hotel staff member who had access to the roof, but not the other. If she had been drugged with a rape drug, which the they didn't test for, it's possible, but... Every theory that I can find seems unlikely. And that's the weirdest thing about this, because each one has a rarity to it. Yeah, it's almost, it's like a lot of these theories, I probably, you know, knowing conspiracy theories, and they're all fucking stupid, are probably less than the sum of their parts. And while every, like, you know, all these rare events occurring at once, it's very, it's almost more possible that all of this happened than it was some weird concerted effort, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We'll go into why people like conspiracy theories in a future episode. Um, Dickheads like conspiracy theories, not real human beings, mind you. I don't believe them, though. Most of them. So, the word most is doing a lot of fucking work there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for the most likely theories. Now we're going to get into the whack ones. Hell yes! <laughs> 
audio spike there for a moment, so you're going to want to make sure to cut that down a bit, but hell yeah! <laughs> Spiked again. Um, fuck. So I'll be saving my favorite for last. So, we're going to go over the background of the Cecil Hotel and how it plays into the more supernatural theory. Hell yes, Haunted Hotel. Fuck haunted yes. Hotel. So, Bryson, uh-huh. do you believe in a place manifesting negative energy and causing bad shit to happen there? Are you talking about bad vibes, bro? Cause, uh, bad vibes, bro. Bro, is this a bad vibe hotel? Oh, dude, this is the baddest vibe hotel. Yo, uh, on TripAdvisor, this is listed as worst vibe. <laughs> <laughs> the worst vibe. Not nice. Shittest vibe. 10 out of 10. <laughs> great review me and my family loved it uh, <laughs> i don't generally believe that a building could manifest bad enough vibes that they could prolapse an anus <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bad guy and if i walked into a building you know my vibe rubs off on it my ass right through the wall you know <laughs> jesus christ um all right, I'm glad we're recording remotely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you were to walk into a building like um, Alcatraz or uh, Auschwitz, yeah, Auschwitz, probably uh, not great vibes there. Y- yeah, I've mostly read reviews from the 1940s. They all said it was great. <laughs> Everyone else said it was great. Yeah, what did you think the prisoners were allowed to review it? <laughs> Fucking Nazi Germany, Tess? Are you fucking stupid? Uh, So the Caesar Hotel was originally built as business back in uh, 1924 by William Banks Hanner. The Cecil Hotel fell on hard times after the Great Depression and never captured its original market as downtown decayed around it in the late 20th century. The first suicide here was reported in 1931, and yes, I mean first, uh, when a guest named W.K. Norton took poison capsules. Throughout the 1940s and 50s, more suicides occurred, and it garnered the name The Suicide by the 1960s. There was one suicide where somebody jumped off and ended up killing a pedestrian who was just walking by. Oh, Talk hell about yes. bad fucking luck. Bro, okay. We can say it's bad luck, but I'm going to participate in my own conspiracy theory. That was a double suicide. <laughs> and they timed it brilliantly. <laughs> All right, new conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's why when the when the person on the ground floor was like, they stopped right at that window and started looking at birds. There were no fucking birds. Yeah, the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Birds aren't real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they they weren't real at the time because robotics weren't advanced enough. Yeah, yeah. So every time I read that, I think of the like weird theory of people dropping a penny off the Empire State Building and it killing somebody if it hits them, mm-hmm. which can't happen but i suppose if you drop a pedestrian off the empire state building you could kill somebody you would break the a window on the empire state building that's what would happen because it would recurve backwards that's that's true well it depends on how strong their windows are they'd probably bounce off and then just fucking tumble down wow that would be shitty wouldn't it right i mean honestly Uh, worst worst day in new york for a skyscraper i can only imagine to have a dead body slapped against the um, window seven times, and I am saying this on the day after 9-11, so... Oh, fuck! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! Uh, uh, alright. It wasn't just suicides, though. It was known for drug activity, prostitution, and a literal hot spot for cheating couples. In 1940... Hell yeah. No, hell no. Hell 19- yeah! <sighs> Adultery! Suicide! That's my Friday night. Adultery suicide. Yeah. Um, in 1947, a lady by the name Elizabeth Short, or better known by the uh, Black Dahlia, was seen drinking at the bar there before her mysterious and unsolved murder in 1964. Pigeon Goldie Osgood, who was well-liked and well-known long-term resident of the Cecil Hotel, she was found dead. Uh, in her ransacked hotel room, beaten, stabbed, and raped. The man originally charged with the murder was cleared of all charges, and the murder is still unsolved to this day. In the 1980s, the hotel was rumored to be the residence of 
Richard Ramirez, or better known as the Night Stalker. According to one hotel clerk, he had stayed there for a few weeks during one of his killing sprees. Another serial killer, Jack Untenweger, uh, stayed in the hotel in 1991 attempting to copy Ram- uh, Ramirez's crimes. Yeah, a lot of shits happened there. So not great vibes. Um, not good vibes. And if, honestly, if any building could collapse my anus, that'd be the one. Uh, so some people have theorized that over all these deaths, it was, it was kind of a haunting of sorts or a possession, which is why she was acting very strange in the elevator video. I don't believe in the supernatural, really, so I, I don't really agree with this one. But, I mean, if you do, then more power to you. Go be weird somewhere else. And then there's also a really weird one. Have you ever heard of the elevator game? Oh yeah, me and my friends used to play it all the time. Okay, so... um, We love that game. (laughs) I always won, whatever that means. So the elevator game is a urban legend where you get into a... Oh, it's not an urban legend, my friend. We played it every Saturday night. (laughs) you get into a I didn't write this in my notes because I wasn't originally going to talk about it because it's not very likely at all it's in my eyes it's even less likely than a haunting Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is saying something the elevator game is when you get in an elevator you press a series of buttons I don't know what the series is it takes you up to a floor takes you back down takes you back up takes you back down takes you back up and then a lady will come in you are not supposed to look at her and you are not supposed to talk to you. She may present herself as somebody you know or something along those lines and you're supposed to completely ignore her. And then uh, you go up to the 10th floor. It has to be a building with at least 10 floors. And then sh- you are to get out and you're supposed to be in a uh, like your own dimension, basically. You're supposed to supposedly the only person in this dimension you're alone and when you go to get out she'll talk to you and if you uh respond to her you'll end up stuck in that dimension forever so that happened to my friend todd one saturday (laughs) um he kept talking telling us about how everything was themed after the chicago bears it was really fucking weird but like he got out uh the old lady was only talking about like dumb stuff um and stuff he didn't really want to talk about with her so you know, he got out fine. My friend Alan, on the other hand, we haven't seen him since, like, 2004. So that's what happened to Todd Howard and why we haven't gotten Elder Scrolls 6 yet. No, it was Alan who got stuck. Todd's fine. <laughs> that is why Fallout 76 sucks. <laughs> so he was traumatized. Yeah, so the theory behind that one is just that the, the camera can't, like, comprehend what's happening with the floors and that she's... In her own dimension, and that is just... That doesn't make sense. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you my one problem with it. The rest is sound. The one... <laughs> all right, what's your one problem? My one problem with it is, like, is the logic there supposed to be that her mental state is taken out of her body and transferred to this dimension, where someone else, you know, just on a whim, you know, flipped a coin, they decided that if it landed on heads, she was going to strip somebody naked, throw them in a water cooler, and then pull their asshole out of their ass? Um, or is it that she just appeared there? Uh, you know, I like your your idea better. Yeah, the flipping of the coin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds more sound. Um, Same. Yeah. <sighs> like a puppet on a string. Okay, so now we're going to get to my favorite. Again, I don't believe this is real, but it's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Is this is this your favorite in the same way that my favorite theory about why JFK was killed was because a Secret Service agent shot him in the head by accident because you can see one of them fumbling with their guns right before the back of his head explodes? Um, or is it your favorite because you think it's kind of plausible, but you don't want to admit to it? Um... I've got my answer. It's plausible. (laughs) Very, very unlikely, and I'll explain why in a minute. Mm -hmm. Outside of the obvious of why it wouldn't be. So in 2009, a tuberculosis test known as Lam Eliza, spelled exactly the same way as her name, 
was created. According to the CDA, in 2013, during the time that Eliza Lamb was in the water tank, there was a total of 4,500 people infected with TB in LA. So as I, as I was stated earlier, the water tank was hooked up to the coffee shop, the rooms, and the kitchen. The government has done experiments on civilians before, like Operation Paperclip, which I will absolutely do an episode on in the future. So it's not entirely out of the question. The Lamb Eliza test was wildly inaccurate, only a 50.7% success rate at detecting TB, which during the coronavirus is about the same as the corona test. So, um, yeah, uh, ignoring that. So th- I assume this is still going strong everywhere except New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, the Lamalyza test was wildly inaccurate. The goal was for it to be 87.8% accurate, which can raise some concern about why something like this was being used. One thing for certain is that if the government or anyone wanted to spread a disease or any pathogen throughout a city for any reason, not that you should, choosing a well-populated hotel's water tank is absolutely the way to go. A pathogen would thrive in a water tank. On top of that, a pathogen like TB could cause hallucinations if left untreated. Which could explain the elevator video. And hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We've never run a country, so if you want to poison a water supply or get a disease in there, do what you want, government. We don't know shit, okay? So, you know, I trust the government wholeheartedly and will never falter in that fact. Yeah. That's just me, though. And I speak for the podcast when I say that. He does not. Um... <laughs> I speak for the entire podcast. Uh... Our 39 editors <laughs> and our bosses at Anchor. So yeah, it, that one's plausible to me, except for the fact that they named it Lamb Eliza in 2009. I mean, if she had the trip planned from that time, and they... I don't, I don't know. Because in... I love the circular, like, the circular time frame on that. Which is like, alright, let's put up a, a dartboard, and we'll have, like, two different names we can name this disease. Boom, Lamb, of course. Boom, Eliza. Weird. Don't know why someone put that on the dartboard. I guess we'll find out in four years. Yeah. It's a weird name in general to name Mm -hmm. a test, like on top of it being her name. Do you know anything about Project Paperclip? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing Awesome. Okay, I will love to talk about that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it like Clippy from Microsoft Word? Yes, um, absolutely like Clippy. Because Clippy also worked for the CIA and would Mm -hmm. hypnotize and literally mind control American citizens and drug them to do things that they wanted. Um, Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt here for a second. So I did make a mistake here. I mixed up Project Paperclip with uh, MKUltra. So yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, so that's what Project Paperclip was, Um, and it actually happened. It is a fact that it happened. So if they, if Eliza was going to, like, therapy or something, which she probably was considering she was on meds, and the government wanted to do something like this, I guess it's plausible. Why they would choose this specific person, I don't know. But why would you name the test Lamb Eliza? It's also just to fuck with her, dude. Yeah. Just to fuck with her. Can you imagine how funny if you're like if you got a tip that somebody was a paranoid, you know, bipolar or depressed person, you could be like, holy shit, guys, imagine. And he just like goes to the paperwork where they're signing all the thing on the test, and they're like, Lamb Eliza, we're gonna send it to her, see what happens. Fucking knows. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's that's the conspiracies. So let's talk about them. What do you think? What what what's your favorite? I love Bad Vibe Hotel. That's bad my vibe favorite. <laughs> I also I I love Bad Vibe Hotel and I love Hotel Game or not Hotel <laughs> Game, <laughs> Elevator Game. Probably mostly because of the idea that the maintenance worker just flipped a coin. <laughs> And decided to do awful things to an unconscious body. Granted, he definitely would have known. I mean, he works at a maintenance facility in a hotel. The guy knows the elevator game. He knows when they're passed out in the elevator. They're not coming back up. So he can do whatever he wants. You know? That's Detective Earl in a fucking nutshell. Uh, yeah. He gets it. Yeah. Yeah. But Bad Vibe Hotel? Hell yeah. <laughs> 
You ever you ever walk into a room and you're just so anxious that you fucking dive in the nearest water came and your fucking ass flies up? Yeah. The dream. Every day. Last time I went to a Shiloh Inn, the same thing happened to me. The last time I went to your house, the same thing happened to me. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> that was in, like, 2019. So, like... Yeah, it's it's weird, man. There's a lot of weird things about her death, and I just... Yeah, man. It's a perfect, perfect mating ground for conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, like, just the weirdness. Like, that's why I tend to side on the, you know, subject of just, like, it probably happened the way everyone already thinks it happens. Because, yeah. like, well, it is unlikely that everything operating within a 2% likelihood... It happens. It's literally possible. It is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just because there's a low problem. It's kind of like uh, when there was a lot of discussion about the 2016 election. A guy goes by the name 538. He predicted that Trump had like a 30% chance to win. I can't remember. But everyone's like, haha, he's wrong. He's a fucking idiot. And like, well, no, he's correct. <laughs> yeah. He had a 30% chance to win and did so. And that sucks, but like, yeah, it was low, but it was still always a possibility. Mm-hmm. And someone always wins the lottery, so... Y- yeah, which is also a very low likelihood. Mm-hmm. And I got struck by lightning twice last week, so who gives a fuck about all this likelihood shit? <laughs> I keep seeing lights. <sighs> yeah, so... You got anything else you want to add about this? Um, phew. Be careful around bad vibes hotels. You might mean to pick up your asshole behind you. <laughs> That's my final take on it. All right. So, yeah, conspiracy theories are fun to talk about, but the likely cause for Eliza Lamb's death is what the court ruled, an accidental drowning due to bipolar disorder. Eliza was a bright young woman, by all accounts, and was robbed of her future by a terrible thing herself. We both know what it's like to struggle with mental health. If you struggle with mental health, whatever it may be, please ask for help before it's too late reach out to friends family or professional if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts you can reach out to the suicide prevention hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and if you know someone who's struggling with their mental health reach out to them tell them that you love and tell them. them to listen to this podcast yeah and listen to this podcast uh tell them you love them and that you're there for them the world's literally on fire right now so the funniest thing is is that i um I wrote The World's on Fire right now in this script before all the fucking fires. Mm-hmm. Before all the smoke plumes were visible from the space station, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, be there for your loved ones. You don't know when your town's going to catch on fire. And, yeah. Or your ass is going to prolapse. Yeah. We have, like, I, th- I reckon our town has about three days to go um, <laughs> before... We're all fucking dead, so thank you for listening to the first and last episode of Tangent Avenue. <laughs> Leave a five-star rating, I guess? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to plug your Twitter? Yeah, I'm uh, uh, at WannaToothPick, uh, pick spelled P-I-C. Uh, I, I retweet a lot of stuff, and I'm fun t- funny sometimes, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> and, I, and you'll hear about this podcast. I'll post news and shit. You know, follow yeah. me. Yeah, we also have a uh, Twitter for the podcast, at Tangent Avenue, easy to find. And, uh, yeah, if you're listening to on to this on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to this. Or ABC, as we learned <laughs> on the trailer. <laughs> you know, rate us five stars. Uh, tell us something you're excited to listen to, what you liked, or whatever. Uh, and share this podcast with your friends. Um, also, um my Twitter is at Zaphiel, which is uh, also in the link. Uh, all these are in the link. Mm-hmm. The are, description. In, they're explicitly in one link. In you one have link. to search through all them of all. these are in the description. Mm-hmm. And as a little treat, before you give you a treat, uh, let's, uh-huh. let's thank our um, our friends who did our music oh, shit. and our artwork. You're right. Hop to it. Without our friends and just local creative people uh this podcast would not have been a thing uh they really helped us out so we want to give a huge thanks and shout out to uh julia marie artistry a link to her instagrams in the 
description and our intro music outro music and mid-roll is by homesick entertainment a a link for them is also in the description uh we're very grateful for you guys uh and just super honored uh you guys did an amazing job for us and we would not be able to be releasing this podcast as easily without your guys's help and yeah uh check them out they're They're truly phenomenal in everything they do so definitely check them out they really Uh, you'll also uh, Julia has done some uh, work for me personally, uh, so if you go follow her Instagram page, you'll get to see one of my Dungeons & Dragons characters, uh, which I believe she has posted on her Instagram before, so uh, you've got that to look forward to. Yes. So how do we close this thing out? Oh, well, I'm going to give you guys a little hint, a little, a little juicy, 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 about what I'm going to talk about next week. Um, and it's going to be, what is the major historical event of the... 20th century that led directly to hentai whoa right fuck i hope it's a whole episode about hentai fuck imagine (laughs) but no yeah this a direct you can go one point to the other and it's direct to hentai so keep it keep your ears out for that awful uh all right yeah Rate us five stars. We'll read your reviews on the next episode if you do. Yeah, um, totally. You can, we'll literally, read the funniest. you can literally roast us and we will read it as long as it's a five star review. Yeah. All if right. it's four stars, fuck you. Bye. Wow. Thanks. Okay.